0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Okay, we're going to go talk to Gene in
2: Raleigh, North Carolina. In past shows, you've always talked about uh, relocating from a high-cost state to a a lower-cost state. And I'm wondering, have you seen any
1: trends? And provides unbiased answers. One of the destinations people like is Panama. Now, I don't think I could take Panama because of the humidity, but you can live right on the water. Uh, and pretty reasonably
0: invest talk over 32 million downloads and counting your participation makes it unique 888-99-CHART
3: this podcast is produced by kpp financial steve peasley president kpp financial independent thinking shared success and now today's podcast
1: Everybody and welcome to Invest Hockey. It's Thursday, August 12, thousand twenty-one, and thank you, for being with thank you for being with me. I appreciate it. And of course, I always start off the show the same way uh, with our mission statement: independent thinking and shared success. And I will try. I will endeavor to give you the facts based on what I have in front of me. I have lots of software that I pull up when you ask about a stock. Or a mutual fund or an ETF, I pull up the information on various pieces of software. Now, some st- not all stocks, you know, are listed in the software I have. Because if you ask about a stock that's not on one of the United States exchanges, many times I don't have the information unless they're a foreign company trading on our exchange. So I do have lots of information, but I don't have all the information out there in the world. I just don't. So just bear that in mind, and I will let you know if I don't have it. I will endeavor to give you the facts, as I said. Facts are, so facts are sometimes hard to decipher. For instance, if you ask if I talk about a company and I say, well, it's going to earn such and such per share next year, that's an estimate. I don't know if that's true. That's not a fact. That's an estimate of what the experts think they're going to make. And experts are often wrong, so just bear that in mind. But we will give the information without any bias. I have no bias, one way or another, about the information. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm working today uh, in place of, well, yeah, this is surgery. Yeah, this is, would be a normal day for Justin. He's on vacation this week, so I'm in for Justin today. I encourage you to contact me with your investment and financial questions, anything to do with money, I'll be happy to talk to you about. And you can do that right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. You take the show any direction you want, as long as it's financial, I'll go with you. Okay? So give us a call. Of course, we also would get right into our voice pain questions. we like to start off pretty quickly. Uh, And again, the number is 888-99-CHART. So let's go ahead and get into the first question.
4: Hey, Steve or Justin, it's Robert over in Alhambra, California. I had a question in regards to Vici Properties. It's a casino and entertainment real estate investment trust. The stock has approached my buy target under $30. I have been accumulating some, but I wanted to know the opinions from the pros. So if you can please give me your answer on the show, I'll happily take it. Thank you. Bye.
1: Okay, Vici Properties, V-I-C-I, headquarters out of New York City. It's a REIT, real estate investment trust, that owns and acquires and develops uh uh, experiment uh, experimental real estate experimental huh i don't understand what that is uh real estate assets across gaming hospitality and other types of entertainment experiential i don't know what that word means uh it to acquire It's to acquire and just this is brand new news to acquire mgm growth properties this came out on august 4th Uh, you know what, a week or so ago, okay, and for $17.2 billion. Now, it's a market cap of $16 billion. So it's spending more than it's worth on buying MGM properties. That's going to be a big thing, a big issue to swallow. Uh, it's difficult to take that much size of a company and fold it into your company when you're smaller or about the same size. Anyways, there's lots of growth. Sales growth has increased 40%, 50% in the last four or five quarters in a row. Earnings have gone up 13% this year, at least that's the expectation, to $1.85. And it's expected to go up to $1.96 next year. And it's a $30 stock, so it's around a 16, 17 PE, which is not overly expensive. Return equity is only 10%, pays a 4.8% dividend. This buying MGM for $17 billion is really going to affect the financials, and I don't know how. I don't know if that would be cash flow positive right from the get-go, or is it going to be uh, so expensive and they got to borrow a lot of money to do it? How much debt do they have to take on? Those are the issues. So it's hard to just read these numbers and say, okay, this is a pretty decent company. I can't say that because of the purchase of the huge MGM deal. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Eight eight eight. I got a definition on experiential. It's an adjective, pertaining to or derived from experience. So it's talking about so it acquires and develops experiential real estate. In other words, gaming, entertainment of some kind, and hospitality properties. MGM, of course, is gambling. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine charters are a number. My following, my focus point today is uh, concerns a story about Apple and Google. Are they the targets of, of more and more legislation? Matter of fact, there's some new legislation out just recently, and they're both the targets of it. So we're going to talk about that. Okay, I think it's going to be. I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think it's going to be continuous for all those big uh, oh, Facebook, Apple, Net, not Netflix, Google, Twitter. Uh, those companies uh, uh, are going to going to have lots of legislation pertaining to them. It's just going to continue. Hold on a sec. Excuse me. I had to sneeze. I also want to talk about the infrastructure bill. You know there's 2,702 pages of that bill. I wonder how many politicians actually read the bill. Especially not even 10% of them did. But we'll talk about it. Uh, did you see the article about two major ports in China shut down? Now, I talked about another situation with the backup of the ports in China. But this is co- this, this is new. And it's because of COVID. Two additional ports, not the whole port, but parts of the port shutting down. And uh, we got the PPI number today. That's the producer price index. We talked about the consumer price index that came in yesterday, and I talked about that. But this is the producer price index, costs at the producer level. And when the costs go up the producer level, of course, they pass those on to us eventually to the consumer. So we're going to talk about that briefly today, too. But you drive the show. You tell me where you want to take it. um, My trivia question uh, today, uh, uh, some of the myths that people seem to hold about their prospects for becoming millionaires. You know, it's not hard to become a millionaire. People think it's impossible. Nah. It takes time, though. It takes discipline. And you have to spend less than you earn all the time. You've got to self-sacrifice. And we Americans are not too good about that. We are not. So, But that's going to be my trivia question. And how did the market do today? Well, it was up. Big whopping 15 points for the Dow, 51 points for the NASDAQ, and 13 points for the S&P. So the Dow was the weakest point, but, you know, that's a little bit of a change. In other words, we've had mixed market days in the last few days. And today, but all the... Major indexes were up, but not a lot for the Dow. For the Dow. So, I, I, you know, I really think this uh, Delta variant for COVID is starting to get into people's minds. And, uh, and I'm talking about the investors' minds. And that might be why we're just kind of pausing here. It's not terrible news. They haven't, the government hasn't shut down everything, but it's getting a little bit worse every day. So we'll see how that plays out. But I do think that's in the psyche. Okay, we're heading into a quick break. Uh to, you know, heading into and we're also heading toward the weekend, but we got a quick break. Did, uh only one more trading day left for this week. That's tomorrow. And of course I'll be here. So I'm ready to take your calls right now, 888 99 charge. Summer's
0: moving fast. The Labor Day holiday is already on the horizon, and you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Steve Peasley now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART.
1: 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Owen. Owen in Northern California. Owen. Hey,
2: Steve. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for the call. Uh.
2: I'm wondering about the stock I've had for some time, and I picked it up some more this spring. It's uh, Green Brick, G R B K. Okay. Um. Uh, it's I've made quite good returns on it, and uh, looks like it's hitting a uh, resistance level here.
1: It, it is. I was just
2: thinking about maybe cutting my uh, my uh, amount that I have in it in half or so. What do you think
1: about that? I think you should. I think it's time to okay. take profits. Uh, Green Break Partners Inc. Everybody owns, develops, and sells land and builds single family homes in Dallas and Atlantic markets. It's had a very good run to twenty six dollars from around a base of around ten, eleven dollars. So uh, you know, it's done very good, very well, and. Your thinking is correct, Owen, that many people think to buy when it's at this price because it's done so well. Well, that's not a reason to buy because it's done so well. Think about this way. Do you think real estate has begun to slow down? Has it topped, in other words? And I think it has. I think we have seen a top. It doesn't mean it's going to crash. It's not. I don't think it is. I just think that all the good news is built into the prices of these kinds of stocks, so it's time to maybe cut the position. Not necessarily sell out, but at least cut. So, yeah, I'm all for it. You know, it's going to make $3.87 next year. It's a $26 stock, so it looks pretty cheap on that basis, right? It does, but it's never had a high P.E. The five-year range is 4 to 14, so it's never had the high P.E., so... Uh, I don't know. Good return on equity, uh, kid cash flow, I take profits. Management owns 5%. All those are good things. It's a great company. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's probably time to take some off the table. Thanks, Owen, for the call. Appreciate it. Saeed in Oakland. Hi, Saeed. Yeah, hello. Yeah. Hi. How you doing? Uh,
2: hello, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, great, great. I'm looking at uh, Neo, new, uh, like an e-car company, yeah. and uh, they just came up with the earnings, um, yesterday and they're doing better and they're coming up with a new product what do you take in this company you think this is the uh the next tesla
1: well it could be uh this is the chinese manufacturer sells electric vehicles parts as well as provides batteries charging services it's a chinese electric car company okay one of the biggest or if not the biggest it's not making money, hasn't made money, and like Tesla, sales are doing great. Sales growth 149% the most recent quarter. Before that, was 500% sales growth. Before that, 150. Before that, 160. Before that, 140. So huge, fast sales growth. So there is going to be a point where it will turn and make profits, but it's a $42 stock not making any money. So it's a momentum stock. And it looks like it's slowed down. It looks like a lot of the good news is already built into the price. Um, it, it got to a high of around $66 a share back in uh, December, and now it's 42 But it got a low as 31 So it's coming slowly back up. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't like Chinese stocks because uh, the transparency in their numbers is not clear. This is Talk and I'm Steve Peasley. So why are we here today? Well, I'm doing this podcast and radio show, and I like doing it. I know people need and want effective strategies, want help in figuring out what's going on. They want to know how to deal with the market volatility. All those kinds of things. I'm here to help. We're heading into a break, and the Talk Anytime listener line number is open. 888-99-CHART.
0: The market is constantly changing, and you've got to be ready to react. You'll have questions. Steve and Justin have answers. So listen live or download the free Invest Talk podcasts. The Invest Talk anytime listener line never closes. 99 chart.
1: Okay, well we're going to go talk to Gene in Raleigh, North Carolina, relocate, relocating to a retirement spot. Are you are you there, Gene, or are you you're still moving?
2: Oh no, it's a couple of years away. But uh, I was curious. Uh, in the past, you know, you've talked uh, about in past shows. You've always talked about uh, relocating from a high-cost state to a a, a lower-cost Low state. And I'm wondering, have you seen any trends in the people you're dealing with, or you've heard in the news about people moving out of the country to particular areas to? For uh, for retirement to to lower the cost, yes. particularly uh, areas in Mexico or Canada yes. or even other countries.
1: Yeah, oh, we call those expats. But I have a client. Uh, she uh, lives in Oklahoma, which is not a high cost place, but she likes to go to Mexico in the winter because it's so cold in Oklahoma. So that's what she does, and the cost is really really low for her to lease a place for like three or four months, five months in Mexico. But there's also people that move completely out of the country and don't plan on coming back. Even, even I even talked about earlier this week or late last week about people, billionaires, moving out of the country and, and getting rid of their U.S. citizenship because of the tax high taxes. But one of the destinations people like is Panama. Now, I don't think I could take Panama because of the humidity. But you can live right on the water, lots of islands, uh, and pretty reasonably. And people like it because they use U.S. dollar, they speak English, that kind of thing. So it's easy. Um, I also had a client who moved to uh, the Philippines. and He doesn't make much money. He wasn't wealthy, uh, doesn't have a lot of retirement money, so he moved there. He can live very well on his Social Security alone in the Philippines. So, yeah, people move. Two, two tips
2: I, I did hear about the Philippines and I think in general what I, I heard is uh, uh, two good tips is to, un- to understand the entire season of wherever you live the weather
3: yeah
1: and
2: also know what type of uh, rules apply to people, uh, foreigners who own properties
1: yeah you got yeah some places won't let you buy property some places won't let you in uh, um, at all. Europe, a lot of places, you can't move to Europe. You just can't drop and say, I'm going to go move to France. You can't do that. They have very strict rules in various countries in Europe. Thanks a lot. Yeah, appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Saeed in Oakland. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm looking up too high. Hi, Emilio's. How you doing?
3: How are you, sir?
1: I'm good.
3: Good, good. Uh, I wanted to know why Rio went down today. Is this a good buying point?
1: Let's it's take a,
3: uh, look. a problem.
1: Let's see. I don't think it's, it didn't go down that much. Did you think it dropped it went a up? lot? I
2: thought it was 4%, maybe a little more.
1: Uh, I think it only went down, ended up being down only like 2%. Let's see if I can find some news real quick. Uh, but, but stock, uh, no. Rio, everybody, is Rio Tinto. R-I-O is a symbol. It's a UK-based company with global interest in mining metals and industrials and minerals. I, 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 do, I will say this, uh, uh, Emilios. I think, as I said before, the COVID variant is starting to affect investors' psyche. That might be the cause for the next, pullback, and, and it's possible that we're seeing it in, because the market's just stalled. I don't know if you noticed, really, it's not really doing anything, and the news is getting worse and worse, so I, we'll have to see, but there is no, no. I can't see nothing that would make it any different. $79 stock going to make $15 a share ne- this year, and then only $11 a share next year, but we already knew that and it pays a high dividend. So I don't, I don't know. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Sorry. Okay, have, that's fine. Thank thanks, you. For the, thanks, thanks for the call, Emilio. Uh, my focus point today concerns this story. Apple and Google are the targets of proposed legislation. So there's a bill that's been uh, proposed. Let me pull this up. Bipartisan bill that's targeting Google and Apple's ability to profit from app stores. See, they're the only—they're the only two major companies that have app stores, and they control a lot of almost the entire new app business. You almost—you have to go to them if you're going to be successful developing app stores. So, the the bill led by Marshall Blackburn, a Republican, and Richard Blumenthal, a Democrat aims to inject more competition in the app store market app developers have complained to congress of allegedly unfair treatment by apple and google you have to pay 15 to 30 something percent of every sale you make on google or apple apple platforms which is really expensive right um so there's going to be more and more of this kind of legislation i think i really do believe that Okay, investors uh, share a common objective. They want to achieve financial freedom. We all do. We all want that kind of security. But do most investors also dream of becoming millionaires? Or even multi-millionaires? Well, they probably do. So, as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name some of the myths concerning what it takes to become a millionaire? At the break, I'll supply the answer. For now, my phone lines are open and I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART.
5: Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
0: You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk, and now Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions, 99 chart.
1: Okay, before the break, I give you a tri- give you a trivia question. Can you name some of the myths concerning what it takes to become a millionaire? Now, a lot of retirement planning articles suggest that you need a million bucks to retire, retire sec- securely. Well, that course depends on where you live. Uh, so we know that. That's true for, as I said, where you live for some people. Some people don't need that kind of money. Well, we'll see. Getting to a million dollars is a a desirable milestone for everybody. We all want to be millionaires. We do. So here are some of the myths. You need to be born into money. That's false. There's no doubt that it's easier to make money when you currently have money or you're going to inherit it, but... Is not necessary. According to Fidelity's Millionaire Outlook study, the vast majority, 82% of millionaires are self made. They did not inherit money, they built their own wealth themselves. Now, I've told you that over and over and over and over again. You can do it, you can. You just got to be dedicated. It takes time. Okay, if you have a high salary, you are set for life. False. You may have read the seemingly pathetic sob stories of families who make $350,000 a year who say they are just getting by. Well, when you are making a lot of money, it is easy to spend a lot of money. And your living standards are pretty high, and therefore you don't save and invest money. Some, but not enough. People spend what they earn. It's all luck. That's false you have to work at it. it's hard work becoming a millionaire. It's not luck it's not you can get lucky and you can get unlucky. That's all true but basically it's hard work dedication. you don't you don't have to take huge risks you don't but you got to take some risks okay uh, you have to make all of your money before you retire not necessarily. <laughs> You can make a lot of money in retirement. You know, uh, maybe we are all asking the wrong question. Retirement does not necessarily need to be the time of decreasing wealth. It means doing what you want to do. You can actually improve your financial condition in retirement in your golden years. So those are some of the myths, everybody. You can't do it. You know, I, it's not that. Okay. I say it's not that difficult. Probably that's a misstatement because it is difficult to change your habits. So you so your money makes money for you instead of you making money. Let the money make the money. So how do I get to that point? By spending less than you earn. And that less part, save and invest it. That money will make you money. And that pot will grow. And how fast it grows depends on you. Right? Really does. Okay, let's go to Eric in Virginia Beach. Hi, Eric. Hey, how are you doing, Steve? I'm I'm great, and I appreciate the call.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I was just curious about um, Albertson's. Um, I'm sure you saw the other day when it popped up about the news. Uh, I think they hired a new president. Um, so what I ended up doing was I shorted my position to try to lock in the gain. But I was just curious um, in your um, in your experience. You,
1: does news like that tend to tend to last? Does that tend to stick around? No, it does not. Uh, a new CEO is great. Uh, there's lots of hype and excitement that he'll take the company in a better direction, but all that that will all sort of flitter, flitter away over the next few months. So, it's when you have something spike like this. This is Albertson's companies. Everybody, they have two thousand two hundred seventy seven grocery stores. Uh, uh, they're they're a big company. They're $14 billion, dollars, and the stock popped up sharply. Um, it was already, it based around $22 or so, 21, 22. And then in three or four days, it went from like 23, 24 to 29, which you people might say, well, that's not that much. Sure, look at the percent. That's what like 20% plus. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, uh, so if it was me, and I still like Albertsons. You want to still own it? I might cut my position in half. Wait for it to pull back down, then buy it back. You know, I, I, if I'm it was good. me, yeah. I would I would play it because I I don't think it will go straight up from here. It is very rare that that happens. Might be in a big tech company with lots and lots of growth, but this is Albertsons, hardly any growth. So I I probably I probably play the trade. Appreciate the call, Eric. Thank you. Let's quickly move to another caller question from the Invest Hog Voice Bank, eight eighty eight ninety-nine chart.
4: This is Daniel from Houston calling. Question about Weight Watchers, a stock ticker. WW have a position in this stock for their Q2. They had not as quick uh, revenue growth, so it's taken quite a tumble. Uh, Question is should I stay in it, or what are your thoughts on this stock uh, in the medium and long term? Thanks. Bye.
1: Okay, this is weight watchers ww international provides weight control programs through weekly meetings to about 3 million members around the world um, i don't really care for the stock they're going to make a dollar 69 this year down from $1.71 dollar 71 last year, dollar 79 the year before and the year before at $2.72 next year they're going to have make a nice bump in the profits $2.26 it's a $23.93 stock so it's like 11 12 pe but don't get carried away saying, "Oh, that's a really good value." No, because the five-year range is five to forty-six, so it's not uh, necessarily cheap. Okay, it's it's reasonably priced. I think it's reasonably priced where it is, but it doesn't pay a dividend, and there's not you know the sales growth has been shrinking. There's the sales have been shrinking one two three four five quarters in a row. I wouldn't, you know. First of all, it's an industry that's not very exciting. There's nothing new about it. It's been around a long time. They don't have any catalysts, and the sales are shrinking. It's not for me. I'd be out. I'd be gone. You know, if it paid a huge dividend, maybe I can handle the the weakness in the stock, the weakness of the sales. But now they got to turn that around. You know, the sales got to turn around. That's the only way you're going to increase earnings. Let's quickly move to another caller question from the Invest Talk Voice Bank question, okay? Um, let's make it a triple play.
4: Hey, Steven, Justin, David here from Chicago. I'm a pretty new investor. Thank you guys for the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I have a quick question. Let's say I bought into a position uh, a little bit over a year ago, let's say January, and then let's say I added to that position in October. And since I, you know, held shares for over a year and I, let's say I took some profits off the table, February of this year, do you guys know what I would be taxed at? You know, since I held for over a year, is it at a lower taxable bracket? Or since, you know, I added to the position in October and didn't hold all shares for over a year, you know, would I be taxed higher? I'll be looking forward to the answer on the show. And, again, really appreciate your guys' show. Thank you, guys.
1: Okay, the rule is usually first in, first out, okay? So if you sold a partial position, then you would apply the original cost basis from the original purchase to the shares you sold, okay? But if you sold all of them, you have to figure out, okay, here's my cost basis for this group of stocks I bought, here's the cost basis for the second group of stock I bought, and here's my profit or loss. Is it long-term? Only for those stocks that are held long-term. Those stocks were short term. That short term profit and loss, long term, long term profit and loss. So yeah, you gotta apply long term to long term, short term to short term, and you gotta, you know, first in first out rule. First stocks you bought are the first stocks sold. If you sold a partial position, okay. And call me if that is not clear, or right, send me an email, and I'll try to explain it more succinctly. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888 So we had the PPI, Producer Price Index, of inflation gauge at the producer level, today came out. We also have the CPI, Consumer Price Index, uh, both uh, overall and core, and I, wrote, I mentioned that yesterday. And if you remember right, the month before, on the CPI was up 1%, which is pretty high for inflation. And the most recent month, July, it got cut to up five-tenths of percent. And you think, oh, that's much better. It is much better, but it's still pretty high inflation. And the core rate was three-tenths of percent. Okay, so today we got the producer price index number. Producer price index number, up 1%. They expected it to be up six-tenths of 1%, but it came in up 1%. Remember, the month before, it was 1%. So inflation at the producer level is still increasing. Tomorrow we're going to have import prices. They're expected to be up six tenths of percent, just like uh, they expected the PPI, and it was up one percent the month before, like it was for the PPI and the CPI. So I don't see inflation, you know, going away. It may the pressure may be coming off, and that's that is actually what the Fed say it would. But we're still, our inflation rate is over 100% higher than it was pre-COVID, 100% higher. I, I don't think it's going to go back to pre-COVID times. I think it's going to stay with us. I think we're going to see some inflation. One of the reasons is we're still having supply chain problems all over the world, more so in China. There's more information about two major ports there, China and Nagbo, Ningbo, Ningbo. Uh, Where they had some COVID people in part of the, you know, part of those ports, and they shut that part down. So they're having a backlog of tankers. And I don't know if you noticed, uh, but you probably haven't, (laughs) but here in California, we get a lot of ship, the container ships coming in Long Beach Harbor, which is up this road from me for about an hour, hour or so. And we got 30 tankers or so waiting to get into the harbor, backed up. And it's been like that for some time. So we got problems still with the supply chain all over the place. Okay, uh, well, we seem to be moving through August pretty fast. You know, and as it seems like time goes by fast for everything. Uh, that is one reason why I think it's smart to slow down for a moment and reflect on where we are as investors. and Where, where are we going? We're dealing with a lot of volatility. You know, we're in the middle of summer's. August used to be the best month of the year, but from 1987 to today, it's been the worst month of the year. So it hasn't done much yet, and we're out August 12th. Okay? On almost every podcast, I do like to remind listeners about the benefits of KPP Financial. You know, Justin Klein and I offer uh, money management services. We are registered investment advisors. We're in Orange County, California, between LA and San Diego. Uh, on the West Coast here. Uh, and we one of the main benefits we provide, the thing that I think is a very good you know, selling point for us and very good for our clients is we practice parallel investing. That means I buy and sell the same things for myself as I do for you at the same price, same percentage of the portfolios, and all my monies in all the different programs I have. We have five different programs. So I, I am on the same side of the table as you are when it comes to what stocks I buy and sell and win and how much. So I think that's a very good point to make. You can call our California offices in Irvine, California. You can send us an email, ask us to take a look at your portfolio, or ask us what about our services. Or if you just want us to look at your portfolio, we'll do that. We, we There's no obligation. We'll tell you what we think. We need to know a little bit about you, how aggressive you want to be, and to compare that with what you have and see if it matches your aggressiveness, your personal aggressiveness. Maybe you don't want to be very aggressive. Maybe you want to be very aggressive. I don't know until I know a little bit about you. But we'll be happy to take a look at your portfolio and give you our opinion. If you want us just to take a look at it and give your an opinion on it, you can do that. Send me an email, attach your portfolio, and we'll take a look at it. Okay. Next up, we will play a caller question from a listener in New York. Buffalo, New York, here on Invest Talk.
3: Our Invest Talk mission is to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs up or thumbs down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. 888-99-CHART or click on Contact Steve or contact Justin on InvestTalk.com.
4: Hey, my name's Johnny from Buffalo, New York, long-time listener. I wanted to get your input on GMRE, Global Medical REIT. It's relatively smaller around 950 million market cap, but it pays a good dividend. So I do like the medical REIT space, but I would love your opinion on it. So, have a wonderful day, guys. Thank you.
1: Okay, uh, Global Medical REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, REIT that owns and leases uh, 68 state-of-the-art, purpose-built healthcare facilities across the United States. And I like that space a lot. And you're right, it's about a $900 million market cap. So that'd be small, small company. They're growing sales in the 28 26%, 22%. I mean, it hasn't been lower than 22% in two years, per quarter. 22% per quarter. So I like that. Uh, they have some debt because it's a REIT and they're buying properties and or building properties. The yield is five point five percent. Can they afford to do that? Well, it's a fourteen dollar stock, and five percent is about seventy cents a share, and they make a dollar eight. So yeah, they can afford to do that. Remember, as a REIT, you have to pay ninety percent of the earnings. Out to the out to the shareholders to be qualified to be a reit. So ninety percent of a dollar eight is ninety cents or so. So yeah, that that that's doable. That's the percentage. I like it. I have seen no reason to get rid of it. I I hold on to it. This is talk. Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here. Same goal I talk about every day, and that's to achieve financial freedom. And you can do it. You can become a millionaire. You can. Give me a call, I'll help you with it. 888-99-CHART.
0: The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze
1: quiz. 888-99-CHART. We're going to go talk to Robert in Pleasanton, California. Pleasanton is a very nice area to live, by the way. Robert.
0: Hey there, Steve. Hey. So as I'm kind of trying to transition my portfolio into more dividend-paying stocks,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, looking at AGNC, it's so a mortgage REIT, okay. got a very healthy yield. i like to get your opinion.
1: Okay, this is a REIT, a- 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 AGNC Investment Corp., a REIT investing in residential mortgage pass-through securities and collateralized mortgage obligations. Now, the problem I have is what they do and where we are in the real estate uh, cycle. Okay, they have, they are, in, they have had the pri, primo. They've been in the primo level of where the real estate is because mortgage rates have gone down. So remember what they do. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're, mortgage pass-through securities. When interest rates start to flatten out or go up, their earnings are not going to be as impressive. If you look at their history, you'll see that the stock price is very volatile, up and down and up and down over the years because it's tracked to a mortgage rate. It's difficult. So don't fall in love with that 8.8% yield. Two years from now, you won't be getting 8.8%. So if you're looking for something to give you a good steady income, I wouldn't re- rely on these kinds of REITs—the ones that are tied to a mortgage pass-through collateralized 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 mortgages—because that you know they don't own property and things. So, I, I, I—it's I, nothing wrong with the company. It's a good, solid company. But I think that their their good numbers are behind them. They already had them. So they're going to make good money this year, and they're going to make good money next year too. But you know, don't don't rely on it long term for income. Okay, I just don't think that will be there for you. Thanks for the call, Robert. Appreciate it. Okay. Um. Uh, so the two major ports in China were Shanghai and Ningbo, and they shut those down. Remember, I talked about it earlier in the week about another Chinese, or was it last week? I can't remember another Chinese uh, port that is having trouble. They shut the whole thing down. So. We're going to have more disruptions in the chain, economic chain across the world. So just be aware of that. Um, the infrastructure bill was just passed, two hundred, two thousand seven hundred two 2,702 page bill that I bet you hardly any of the senators and in, in congressmen ever read, so they don't even know what they passed. But some of the highlights $110 goes for roads, bridges, uh, uh, and major highway and vehicle type of structures, $105 billion to public transit, which we're talking about freight and Amtrak, which I think is a total waste of money going to Amtrak. Freight I'm on, no problem with, but passenger trains, they lose money every year. Uh, $73 billion to power infrastructure, power companies. I'm okay with that. 65 billion for high-speed internet. I'm actually okay with that. 55 billion for clean water. But there's like 50 billion for other things. 25 billion for airports. 65 billion for other things, but that are not necessarily. Trans- so we're talking over well over 100 billion dollars It's not to me transportation related. So of the. Trillion dollars, 10, 15% is probably boondoggle kind of stuff. That's what my opinion is. Anyways, we'll see if that works out. Just not keen on we spending so much money and going into so deep a debt. We need infrastructure. I'm not I'm not complaining about that. We need it, but there's so much other money we're wasting. And it's gonna come due. It's not like free money. We don't have to worry about it. Now, I won't come do while well, I'm still alive, but our children, grandchildren, they're going to have to deal with it. They're just going to have to, not us. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You can get them anytime from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. Download it. And if you do download us at iTunes, we would appreciate a rating. Uh, would it be very? We would be very grateful for it. You can also browse our podcast by topics. For example, and I've given you many examples: uh, cryptocurrency, treasuries, four hundred one k's, Chinese stocks, labor market, interest rates, whatever. Independent thinking and share success, everybody. Have a great weekend. This is Investop. Good night.